0: It is so, so good to be with you guys. My name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I would love to meet you. Um, but it's wonderful to be with you guys. Uh, man, that I just want to keep singing that song. Elohim. Come on. That was taking me in. Hey, it is it is so good to be with you guys tonight. I'm so excited. I love CA students. Why? Because... I love God, and I love following God with my friends, right? And, and really, CA students, this is why we exist. We exist to encounter G- Jesus and to join his mission, and we get to do that together, right? That's not a solo act. That's something that we do together, and we're stronger together. Can I just tell you that when you're not here at CA students, CA students isn't as good because you're a part of CA students. Uh, and also, can I tell you that when you're not at CA Students, you're not as good <laughs> because, because you, need, you need CA Students just as much as CA Students needs you. Together, we push e- to each other towards Christ. And so uh, I'm so excited. Today, we get to continue in a series that we kicked off last week called Plan A. Plan A. Uh, did anyone get blessed by God's word last week? Come on. I'm still, I'm still just sitting in a lot of what God was speaking to our community last week. And so I want to very briefly... Time to to, to look at God's word. (laughs) Whatever God has to say is better than what your neighbor has to say. (laughs) Let's go. A little recap of what we talked about last week. You see, when Jesus came to earth, he came to save humankind, but the way he came to save humankind was by waging war against spiritual evil that had humanity enslaved, right? He came to wage war. And while he was on the earth, his mission was to invade earth with heaven, right? Everywhere that the enemy had captured humanity and had captured the world, Jesus came to fight and reclaim that for the kingdom of heaven. And that's what he was doing. And so as Jesus followers, if you're a follower of Jesus... What that doesn't mean is you just believe the right things about Jesus, right? But to be a follower of Jesus, that means that you do the things that Jesus did and say the things that Jesus said. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And the good news is that Jesus gives us both his authority and his power to do these things, to do the work that he was doing. And so the main point of this whole series and what we're going to be talking about is that the followers of Jesus – empowered by the Holy Spirit, are God's plan A for the world. The f- followers of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are God's plan A for the world. You know, between the first coming of Jesus when he came and died and rose again, and when, and when Jesus comes again, we live in between those two moments. And what are we doing? We're living our lives to bring heaven to earth. Right? Every, every action we do, we are bringing the presence of God, his kingdom, God's way of doing things to earth. And we talked about how Ephesians 4, it's the theme verse for this whole series. It's also bonus points if you memorize it. Ephesians 4 talks about how the work of pastors, me and others, and prophets, evangelists, uh, those people, <laughs> the work of those people is to equip every follower of Jesus to do the work of God right? And so here's the thing. If you're here tonight and you are a follower of Jesus, the game plan is not that you come and watch all the pastors do the ministry. The game plan is that you come so that the pastors can equip you to do the ministry, right? You know, church is not a spectator sport. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to train you, you know? And when you come to church, Inside the walls of church, it's a training ground because outside the walls of church, it's a battleground, right? We come here to be equipped so that we can receive tools and weapons and armor in order to engage in this war that's happening outside the walls of our church. And so that's, that's what we're all about. And so this series, Plan A, it's all about equipping us Every single one of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, to be agents of redemption, to be heaven bringers everywhere that you go in your life. So I'm so excited to talk about this tonight. We're going we're gonna to open up God's word because God speaks to us through it. And when we apply it to our lives, we're transformed. And when we're transformed, God uses us to transform the world around us. So let's pray with anticipate, anticipation and with faith anticipation, that that God is going to speak to us as we come to his word. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to open your word together. God, I believe in faith that you speak to us. God, I pray that you would show us more of your plan for our lives, show us more of your vision for how you want to use us in our world to to bring heaven to earth, your way of doing things to earth. God, I pray that you would give us fresh vision for those of us that um, don't yet see fully what you can do through our lives. God, I pray that you would take that veil away, that we could see clearly the fullness of the call that you have on our lives, that we could fully step into the role that you have for us bringing heaven to earth. God, we believe in you, and we pray that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, just want to encourage you guys. If you hear something and God moves you, go ahead and say amen, right? Go ahead and say that's good. Why? It's not about hype. It's about hope, right? When, when, someone, when someone says amen, it's like, oh, God was speaking, right? And it, and it raises the faith in the room that God is here and among us and doing a good work, right? And so tonight... The the tool that I want to provide you with as your pastor, in order that you can go into the world and be a force for heaven, an agent of redemption. The tool that I want to provide you with tonight is called intercessory prayer. It's called intercessory prayer. Y'all know, uh, y'all know about this. It's good stuff. Like, we're going in. We're going in. So. Here's the thing. Some of us may never have heard the word intercessory before. Maybe you haven't even heard the word intercessor. Maybe you haven't even heard the word intercede, right? So if we don't know what that means, we're not going to know what we're talking about. So what does intercede mean? What does it mean to intercede? If you just look at the word CED, seed, that means to go. And inter means between. And so intercede means to go between. It means when there are two people or groups of people or two things to intercede is to go between them, right? A way to think about what an intercessor is, it's a mediator. It's, it's imagine that there's, there's a gap between two people or two groups of people, and the intercessor is the one who stands in the gap, right? And, and helps communicate or deliver something from one group to the other, An intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. Here's an example. When I was sitting in this room when I was your age, I I was here in the high school group, and I had a big fat crush on a girl named Kayla, right? (laughs) Who now is my wife. Here's the thing. At the time, I was unsure of how she felt about me. I was quite sure how I felt about her. I was unsure about how she felt about me. And so I was not quite brave enough to ask her directly how she felt about me, I needed an intercessor, and so I go to my sister, Emmy, and I'm like, yeah. like Emmy, I need you to go talk to Kayla, right, and don't just, like, come out and ask it, you know, but just kind of, like, work your conversational magic to give me the intel I need for how to move forward, right, and so Emmy's just like, mm, got you, bro, like, on a mission, she goes, and, like, and in that moment, Emmy was standing in the gap between me and Kayla, right? She was was retrieving information for me. She was helping to communicate to close the gap, right? That's the point of intercession. It's not just to stand in the gap, it's to close the gap. Because when someone stands there, the gap is closed. Does that make sense? Uh, It's a little bit like this. I need a volunteer. (laughs) Zion, right? I'm holding up a gift card. By now you should know that if I ask if I need a volunteer... It's good for you if you volunteer. <laughs> Zion, my friend, come on up. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, this is a $10 Starbucks gift card. Here's, uh, here's what I need you to do. Okay? I need you to take the Starbucks gift card. And uh, where? <laughs> I'm looking. Where? Is, Ky- <laughs> is Kyle Stofer in the room? Kyle Stofer. Kyle, is he a ch- check-in? Kyle. I have plans for your life. He <laughs> Okay. This is not going as planned. <laughs> it's not going as planned,. <laughs> um okay. Don't take this as part of the illustration. <laughs> okay, here, here, here's, here's the variant of my plan. Um, do you know John Wittet? Yes. Great. Um, Zion, what I need you to do is I need you to go and I need you to give this to John Wittit. And as you give it to him, I need you to tell him from me that I'm so grateful for the way he's contributed to this community, that CA students is better because he's here, and I'm personally grateful for his friendship. Can you do that for me? Of course. Go. students, that's intercession, right? An intercessor is someone who goes between the giver and the receiver. The intercessor, you see, this is how God feels about the world. God wants to release and unleash heaven on earth, but he wants to do it through intercessors, you see, he has, God has so much good, so much life, so many gifts, miracles to give to the earth, but he wants to do it through intercessors. You see, in, in this instance, you might be thinking like, what, Levi, why didn't you just give the gift card to John? I could have done that, right? But in inviting Zion into that, Zion is now in relationship with me. And Zion gets to share in the joy of bringing the gift to John, right? It's the same thing with God. God could just do everything he wants to do in the world, but that's not how God operates. God operates through human beings to unleash heaven to earth. This is God's plan. This is God's way of acting in the world. So if intercession is standing in the gap, and this is the main point for that. If you're taking notes, write this down. Intercessory prayer is standing in the gap between heaven and earth. Intercessory prayer is standing in the gap between heaven and earth. Now, I don't know what your personal experience with prayer is. I don't know if you've ever done it. I don't know if you have done it, how you felt like it went. But if you're anything like me, at some point in your life, you probably asked, if God is sovereign, like if he's totally in control, then why do we need to pray for him to do things, right? If his will is going to happen on earth, why does he want us to pray to release that work? And it's really simple. God has chosen to work through humans, right? We talked about this last week. In Genesis, we don't have the verse tonight, but as soon as God creates the world, Basically, the first thing he does is he gives authority to rule to human beings. God is the creator king, and he invites into partnership humankind to co-create and co-rule with him as the creator king. This is a huge component, possibly the thing of what it means to be made in the image of God, that we participate in rule with him. Ruling, having authority over the earth. This is, this is just how God works in the world. And some people, you know, do you guys know what the incarnation is? That's a really fancy word to talk about when Jesus became a human, right? And so some people think like, yeah, God wanted to work through humans, but then humans sucked so much that God got fed up and God came and did it himself. And I want to say, I think that's the wrong way to view the incarnation, Instead, what if we thought of it like this? God is so radically committed to working in this earth through humans that he became one. How would that shift the way we saw God working in the world? The incarnation is not God getting fed up and doing it himself. He's still doing it through humans, and he paid whatever price was necessary to make it happen. There's a pastor by the name of Dutch Sheets, and he says, so complete and final was God's decision to do things on earth through human beings that it cost God the incarnation to regain what Adam gave away. Why does God work through humans? I don't know, but that's how he does it, right? And sometimes if we think, like, yeah, but God is sovereign, God is sovereign, and we have this This theology in our head, let me caution you. You can't only process theology through logic logic and reason. You have to process theology through the story of Scripture. Because if you process theology just with your logic, and you think, well, if God is sovereign, then he doesn't need me to do anything, and anything he's going to do is going to get done anyway, no matter what. But then you're ignoring how God revealed himself, which is through a story, Right, if your theology only being processed by logic and reason is causing you to interact with God in a way that doesn't line up with Scripture, you need to check your theology. We God revealed Himself through a story, and we need to understand our theology through that story, right? And many of you guys, has anyone ever heard prayer is just talking to God? Has anyone ever heard that? I know I heard that a lot. And here's the thing, I think a lot of us have heard that, and I think that's helpful in making prayer accessible, right? Like, oh, I can talk to someone. If prayer is just talking to God, I can do prayer, right? And I think that's good, but I feel like it it may may have been a disservice to us. It's incomplete. Here's the thing. Prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer is partnering with God. Prayer is not just talking to God, it's partnering with God. Prayer is fundamentally a way that we partner with God, seeing his will done on the earth. It's one of the clearest examples of the human divine partnership that God wants for us. Why does God want us to pray? Because he wants to partner with us to rule this world. God almost always works through mediators in the Bible. Whenever he wants to do something in the Bible, almost always he finds a human to do it in the earth, right? And I just want to show you, like, where do we see intercessory prayer in the Bible? I just want to show you a few examples. First, I want to go to Moses in Exodus chapter 32, verses 9 through 14. Here's the thing. Here's what's happened so far in the story. God just gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Yay, Almost immediately, the Israelites start worshiping an idol that they made. And so God is upset, <laughs> right, to say the least. Moses is not happy, right? And so this is where we pick up in the story. God is speaking in Exodus. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. They are a stiff-necked people. That means they're stubborn. Now leave me alone, Moses, so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them off in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people." Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel to whom you swore you promised by your own self I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them and it will be their inheritance forever Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened Okay that didn't get the response I thought God God changed his mind God did something else. Why? Because a human asked him to. Like, literally. Do you you see what's happening here? Here's the thing. God didn't need to tell Moses what he was about to do, right? He would have been perfectly just in destroying the Israelites entirely, right? That would have been perfectly in line with the justice of God. He would not have been doing the wrong thing. He would have been doing the right thing, right? But in that moment, he shares his plans with Moses. Why does he do that? In doing that, he makes his divine will vulnerable to Moses' contribution to the conversation. You see, human intercession is not an irritating, sometimes successful intrusion to God's pre-planned blueprints for humanity. That's not how it works. Human intercession is... Prayer is an integral part of the way God's sovereignty is played out, right? In that moment, God was inviting Moses into partnership. He was inviting Moses to be a part of bringing mercy and grace to his people. You see, in this moment in the story, there's tension between God's character to be perfectly just and punish the people, and there's a tension between that and the promises that he made to protect them and to love them and to turn them into a great people, right? And Moses is invited into that tension within God. Moses isn't against God. He's participating with God in extending grace and mercy to these people. God wanted Moses to pray so that he could partner with Moses in extending grace and mercy. And because of that, history took a different path. Other people throughout the Bible do this. We see people like Elijah and Daniel. But then we also go to the book of Ezekiel and we see what happens when someone doesn't intercede. Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 30 and 31. This is God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. "I I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. So now I will pour out my fury on them, consuming them with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty for all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, had spoken. You see, God's justice demanded judgment, but his love wanted mercy. It wanted mercy. He was searching for someone to stand in the gap. God was looking for someone to pray. It's like God was saying, I was looking for a human to just ask me to spare these people, but I couldn't find one. Then I would have partnered with that human to release my mercy, but no one was available. No one made themselves available. No human was there to stand in the gap, so judgment came instead. An author says man's willingness is God's channel to the earth. When humans say yes to God... God's will and his power flows through them. And that's how God's will is made manifest on the earth. You see, another example we see in scripture is Jesus is the ultimate intercessor. He was the ultimate fulfillment of the perfect human in perfect partnership with God, perfectly releasing and unleashing heaven wherever he went. And you see, we follow in Jesus' example, right? God Through Jesus' sacrifice, he pours his spirit out on us so that we have the power and authority of Jesus in our prayers. We follow in our example. And get this. The good news is that scripture says Jesus is currently at the right hand of God interceding for us. Right? Do you know that right now Jesus is praying for you? Jesus is closing the gap between you and God. He's filling that gap for you. I love what Jesus says to Peter in Matthew chapter 16. We read the first verse of this last week, but I want to read the second verse to you as well. Jesus is talking to Peter and says, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What that means is that the church is not on defense. The church is on offense, reclaiming what the enemy has stolen. But this is what he says right after that. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is insane. This is insane. Jesus, do you understand the level of authority and power that Jesus is giving us through our prayers? that what we bind in prayer in earth will be bound in heaven, in the spiritual realm. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, students, you have remarkable power and authority through Jesus. Are we using it? Are we using it? I love, there's this author named S.D. Gordon, and he says, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you've prayed. Let's see the next quote from him. It says, "Prayer is striking the winning blow, service is gathering up the results." You know, some of us think like the really important thing, the really important thing is talking to people about Jesus, or the really important thing is like serving people's needs in Jesus name, or the really important thing is this. What if the really important thing, the deciding factor was prayer and then doing the thing was just tipping it over? Right? I like to think of this tree. What if prayer is you're chopping, chopping, chopping at the tree until it's barely standing on anything, and then service, doing the thing, is walking up and claiming the battle that's already been won. I think that's what's happening in prayer, right? Prayer is what wins the battle, and service is just collecting the rewards. It's the harvest, right? Prayer is where the battle is won or lost. In fact, John Wesley says... God does nothing on the earth save in an answer to believing prayer. God does nothing on the earth save in an answer to believing prayer. God works through our prayers in our service. I'm not saying that service isn't important, right? You need to get the harvest. But what if we believed that we could win the battle before we got there? What if we believed that our prayers changed things for when we arrived? What if we believed that our prayers had this kind of power? The power to heal the sick. The power to break addiction. What if we believed our prayers had the power to lift spiritual veils, blocking people from seeing Christ? What if we believed our prayers had the power to save families and marriages? What if we believed that our prayers had the power to change the course of history? The battle, that battle is won through prayer, and the spoils are collected in the service, right? In fact, James 5 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And you might be like, oh, well, I'm not that righteous. Psych! If you're in Jesus, you are covered by Jesus's righteousness. And so that means that your prayers are powerful and effective if you are choosing to be under Jesus's sacrifice. Six, not 6, seven, eight, CA students, if we really believed this, I think we might lose some sleep to pray a little bit more. If we really believed this, I think we might fast and skip some meals so that we could pray more. If we really believed this, I think we would pray more. How many of us were like, yeah, I invited my friend to church, but they said no. Did you pray? Did you win the battle in prayer before you asked them? what, What about... What if instead of thinking, man, I'm too busy to pray, what if we thought there's no point in being busy until I've prayed, right? Like, there is no point in going out and doing something until the battle's been won, right? Like, I, guys, I want to see our schools lit on fire for Jesus, and, and I feel like there are a lot of us that are like, yeah, I'm willing to go and have those conversations. Are you willing to get on your knees first and win the battle in prayer and then collect the harvest in service? Guys, Jesus is longing. God is longing to unleash heaven on earth, but he wants to do it through intercessors. Are we going to do the thing? Are we gonna say yes to his invitation to bring heaven to earth? Well, my job as a pastor is to equip you to do this work of God, so let's get practical. How do we do this intercessory prayer? I want to run you through 10 quick points, all right? 10 quick points. If you're running, if you're taking notes, you can write these down, right? Here it is. The first step, if you're sitting down or kneeling down, however you pray, I recommend kneeling if you've never done it before. It takes you to another level, a lower one. (laughs) Didn't mean it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The first step is praise God in gratefulness. Praise God in gratefulness. Thank you, God, that you're the kind of God that listens to my prayer and wants me to be a part of your kingdom. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are involved in saving my world and you want me to be a part of it too. Take time to praise God for who he is in gratefulness. The second step, repent from sin. Make sure your heart is clean before God. Give the Holy Spirit Time to convict you should there be any unconfessed sin, right? Ask God, search me and know my heart, right? Check carefully to see if you're holding resentment for anyone in your heart. We need to repent from sin, and God is faithful and just to forgive us. Step number three, ask for guidance. Ask for guidance. Here's the thing. I'm sure you have good things to pray. God has better things to pray, right? Like, let's ask God what to pray. The whole point is partnering with him. So ask, believe, and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to guide you. Step number four, rebuke the enemy. Rebuke the enemy. There is an enemy that is trying to win the war. He is against you, right? The good news is that you have power and authority over him, so put him in his place, This is what scripture says to do. It says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let's do that in our prayer times so our prayer times can be focused and effective and victorious. Rebuke the enemy. Put him in his place. Number five, surrender your agenda. Sometimes we think we know how we want God to act. What if we believed God knew better than us, right? Don't just come with your agenda to pray for, but say, God, no matter what you bring me to pray, I'm gonna pray that, Number six, praise God in faith. We started by praising him in gratefulness that he involves us. Pray now in faith, believing, God, I know that you are going to speak to me. I thank you that you're going to do that. I believe right now, even though I haven't received, I believe that you are going to speak to me and that together through this prayer, we're going to take ground for the kingdom. Number seven, wait in silence. Wait in silence. Give time and space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Let him guide your prayers and your thoughts. And then number eight, in obedience and faith, speak what you hear. Speak what you hear. What you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, pray that out. That's what he's guiding you to pray, right? Pray in accordance with the Spirit. Number nine is kind of a freebie. Have your Bible ready. Have your Bible ready. Because God speaks through his word, right? Right? you hear the word of God, it sounds a lot like the Bible, right? Sometimes he wants to guide you to a specific scripture or story and to pray that. So have your Bible ready. And then number 10, praise God in victory. Praise God in victory. In faith, whether or not you feel like anything's been accomplished, remember faith isn't about how you feel, faith is about how you act, right? So praise God in faith that he has done good work through this prayer, that through this prayer, ground has been taken for the kingdom. So praise God in victory, right? Aiden, if you want to join me, we're going to wrap in just a second. I want to encourage you guys, please write these down, take a picture of it, whatever you need to do. And I want to challenge us, CA students, if you, I'm just going to say it like it I've, I, I, I've, I've, I was challenged, reading and preparing for this talk by how much more I wish I prayed in my life. And so I want to invite you, come with me and let's pray more. I want to invite you, you're you're officially formally invited to join me in praying way more than I currently am. I want to challenge you, take a picture of this, write it down, whatever you want to do. Let's do this every single day this week. Let's do this every single day this week, and let's just watch and see how God shifts things in our lives. God is going to change things. I want to highlight that wait in silence part, waiting to hear from God. I want to share just one quick story. I worked at a camp called Forest Home, right? Yeah, woo-hoo, fo-ho. And, and there was this one time I was praying for this student, and uh, I, I, I wasn't sure what to pray. <laughs> and so I was, I was kind of waiting and listening to God, and I felt him remind me about times in my life where I felt inferior because I had a really tall, handsome, impressive older brother, right? And so I, I felt like I was less than because of my older brother. And so I, I asked this guy, I'm like, I knew he had two older brothers. I'm like, bro, you know, like, God made you on purpose. You know, like, he, he, he's not wishing that you were more like your brothers. He's wishing you would be fully yourself, you know? And, and, and he just breaks down in tears, you know, and a stronghold was broken down in his life that day. Why? Because I listened for God's voice so that I would know how to pray, right? God does this sort of thing. He speaks to us in prayer if we surrender ourselves and we're silent before him, giving him time to speak, right? But see, students, I want to tell you that you can't form a spiritual life practice off of someone else's story, right? You can be encouraged by it. Your faith can be built by it. But at the end of the day, until you put yourself out there and get a story for yourself, my stories, Heather's stories, Jake's stories, our stories are not going to be enough to sustain your spiritual life. You need stories of your own. And so I'm inviting you. Pray with me right? Like, let's do this every single day. Let's pray through these steps. Because see, students, I'm serious. I believe that prayer is where the battle will be won for our schools. Prayer is where the battle will be won for our families. Prayer is where the battle is going to be won. Are we willing to do the work? Are we willing to be agents of redemption in this way? Are you willing to partner with the God of eternity in bringing heaven to earth? Because he wants to do it, but he wants to do it through an intercessor. And he's looking. He's searching. He's searching. Will you say yes, God? Put me in, coach, right? That's the heart that our God is looking for. As followers of Jesus, we want to be agents of redemption in every area of our lives. Everywhere we go, we have the opportunity to bring heaven to earth. God wants to unleash heaven to earth, but he wants to do it through intercessors. And I want to finish with one more verse to encourage us. It comes from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, let us not be weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You might be thinking, yeah, Levi, I have prayed. I did, and I didn't see it happen. And I want to say, yeah, me too. But I believe what God said. Let's not grow weary of doing good. Let's not grow weary of praying. Let's not grow tired of the secret place. Let's not grow tired of being on our knees. Because at the proper time, if we don't give up, we will reap a harvest. We will see heaven come to earth in our families, on our schools, and everywhere that we pray. I'm going to pray for us right now, and then we're going to discuss some of this in our pods. And so would you guys pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I, I confess that I have not prayed as much as I wish I have. And God, I, I repent of the ways that I could have brought your kingdom more fully. I don't even know what it would have looked like. But God, I, I commit myself now to taking steps towards partnering partnering with you more through prayer. So God, I thank you that you take our imperfect lives and you work through them, that you work all things for the good. God, I pray that you would encourage us, strengthen us, that as we come to pray, that you would speak to us, that we could pray what's on your mind. And that as we do that, you would use us as intercessors to stand in the gap between heaven and earth that you would use us to fill the gap so that heaven could be unleashed on earth everywhere we go. We pray that in the name of Jesus, amen.